Well, hello. Well, hello. How are you? Good. Um, I I need to tell you something. So I was playing poker the other night mm-hmm. with my friends. Um, and I got a royal flush, which is apparently really good. I've never played poker before. That was my first time ever, right? <coughs> so you and hustled you hustled all of your friends. Yeah. Uh-huh. I hustled them all. Um, I won all of the dollars. Um and um yeah. How many dollars was all of the dollars? Like four? Um, well, they were imaginary dollars. Right. Um, we okay. were just using, yeah. Uh-huh. We were just using chips um that meant nothing, that had no right. monetary value. Sure, 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 sure. That is how you play cards when you're in college, honestly. Yep. How fun. Well, we I know. Well, we did bet with money, but um, I lost that round, but I, I just didn't want to mention that part. Um, I, I wanted to mention the part where I won. <laughs> right. Of course, because when we lose, we don't talk about it. Right. Right. Anyway. Mm-hmm. That's anyway, cool. that's cool. Um, I have nothing new to report. It's still cold here. Um, anyway, would you like to kick us off? I would love to. Okay, Lydia, have you read Chronicles of Narnia? No. What? Uh, yeah, sorry. I I, I definitely yeah. thought you were gonna say yes. That's awkward. Wow. Um. Okay. Well, have you seen the movies? No. Wow. I know the concept. <laughs> I know that kids go into like this like closet and then they just, go into this world and there's like a lion there. Totally, totally just blew up my spot with how I was going to introduce this. Okay, never mind. Oh, well, sorry. C.S. Lewis, if y'all have read Chronicles of Narnia, um, I just thought that was a good. Have you read any C.S. Lewis? Yeah, no, I like like Mere Christianity and The Great Divorce okay, and Screw Shape Letters and whatever, but like not. So you've read all of the hard C.S. Lewis and not right. the easy C.S. Lewis. All of the like academic aspects of him I've read I'm oh my a goodness. huge sucker <laughs> yeah anyway in mere Christianity C.S. Lewis says this is one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes he says how monotonously alike all the great tyrants and conquerors have been how glorious gloriously different are the saints I'm gonna mm. read that one more time how monotonously alike all the great tyrants and conquerors have been how gloriously different are the saints um yeah mm, just let that sink in from c.s lewis is so good he's great but i particularly love this quote because i think it um and we talked a little bit about this last week so this will kind of be like a good place to pick up but it gives us permission it gives us freedom to recognize that holiness is not a personality trait i said that a lot with my mm-hmm. teens holiness is not a personality trait um you are called to be holy as Lydia and not as anyone else. Um, I'm called to be holy as Brie and not as anyone else. And I think that's so important because um, I think especially, this is kind of just kicking off this conversation, but especially as women, it's so easy for us to fall into comparison in just literally everything. Um, And like knowing your worth in the Lord isn't a perfect antidote to that. And I think sometimes we treat it that way of like, yeah, like I know, I know that the Lord sees me and knows me and loves me uniquely. And I know that, and I'm convicted of that. Obviously, like I have to go to prayer to like remind myself of that, but like I'm convicted of that, but that does not mean that I don't fall into comparison. That does not mean that I don't have to constantly remind myself that like 
I am good. I'm loved for who I am. And I think like this concept of like, if we can recognize holiness is not a personality trait, like all of the saints, all of them, every single one of them are some more similar than others. Sure. But like all of them are so different. All of them have such different stories. And even when we look at like all of the female saints, like the ways that they became saints, I mean, outside of like, you know, the grace of Jesus, like that is the one common denominator. But other than that, like that's the common denominator. And there are a ton of other common denominators within them. And so like, it just gives us freedom to recognize, like I can be holy as me. And that's going to look different than the ways that you are holy. And I think that's important. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Thoughts? Yeah. No, that is really important. Um, the first thing that came to mind when you were talking was, um, shucks. Oh, is that like, I, nah, I've also like heard the phrase like, oh, like all the good men end up in the seminary, um, which cute, right? Oh, we have good seminarians. Oh. Um, but also too, like there are like good men that choose to get married and that are called to marriage. Um, and in the same way, like there are good women that go and like become sisters or nuns or religious in some capacity. And then there are good women that get married. Yay. And then there's good women that get married and have kids. And there's good women that get married and don't have kids. Um, yay. There's good women that never get married. Yay. Um, and like, I don't know. Like, I just think that, yeah, like you were saying, there's no one path to holiness or to goodness or to like worthiness. Um, yeah. Also too, I, maybe this isn't related, but maybe it is. And I'm going to say it anyway, is, um, that I often struggle with like feeling like I need to prove my like words, prove my worth like or specifically like prove my like holiness Mm. to people around me um because I'm not living the stereotypical like whatever you know um like for example like I like maybe this is just like the community that I live in but like a lot of the women here wear like skirts all the time and I don't I hardly ever wear skirts um but just because I don't wear skirts doesn't mean that I'm not striving for holiness you know and just because she does wear a skirt doesn't necessarily mean that she's more holy like she probably is more holy than me but like also that's not because of the skirt um so like I yeah that's like a little example but like I definitely uh, yeah I see what you're saying of like okay there are different saints um and there are different women that choose different paths um and Mm -hmm. that are called also like also let's just not neglect the fact that like our vocation is not like necessarily a choice that we have it's something that we're called to when we have a choice to follow that calling so like like I'm not like I might not be called to like go live in the convent you know and like that doesn't make me less holy like I'm still going to follow my calling but it's just going to be a different calling calling and in a crazy way it would actually make you less holy if you were like I think I'm going to be holier as a sister mm-hmm. of Jesus. So I feel like you're calling me to marriage, but I'm actually going to go and do this in like a crazy way, you know? Oh and it's my like, gosh. anyway, so because of this, like, because we recognize that like, holy, like all of the saints, what does he say? How gloriously different are the saints? Um, this is in two different ways. And I think one of them is easier than another because like, I think like we can know a little bit of saints personalities by like their writings or 
the writings of people who knew them, things like that. And just like by like our own relationships with them. Um, but obviously it's harder to like know for sure, like a saint's personality. But I think like, that's an important place to start of like this idea. Cause this is again, what I say to my teens all the time is like, holiness is not a personality trait. Holiness is not, as you noted, Lydia, like what you wear. Holiness is not even necessarily how you spend your time. Obviously there are ways that we spend our time that are going to make us more or less holy. And that's important to like recognize, but like, if I like football more than I like hockey, right? Like that's not like that does, like that does not matter in the grand scheme of holiness. Or like if I, um, really like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like I like to run and somebody else likes to lift weights. Like those can both lead you to holiness, you know? And like, these are like trivial examples, but it's just like to highlight that, like your personality or your habits in some of those more trivial things or what you wear, like don't make you more or less holy. So there's that with the saints. And I think that's true. Cause I think we have to remember sometimes, cause sometimes we forget that like saints were human and like had hobbies. Um, and I think like, there's like, <laughs> there's actually this joke running around that I think is really funny. Um, this like Catholic meme, because I like them, um, about blessed Carlo Acutis, who, um, somebody was like, which like, maybe this isn't a funny joke, but I thought it was funny. They were like, uh, just found out I'm getting like 12 extra years in purgatory because I yelled at blessed Carlo Acutis in a like room of call of duty in 2004 or something like that. I don't know. I don't know how video games work, (laughs) but it was just funny because it's like, yeah, like Carlo Acutis is going to be a saint very soon and played video games. And it's like, that is just like, not something that we would normally say like, oh yeah, a saint played video games, but like they're, they're people. And I think that's really important. So all of that aside, what we're actually going to talk about has to do more with like external things that we know about saints that we can know more easily. Um, and so I kind of have Lydia, you can add to this if you want, but I kind of have a list right now of seven saints that I kind of put into different categories, um, who I think are really cool and just like exemplify this well. Um, so you already, um, oh, you didn't, sorry. Um, so Zaylee Martin, who is the mother of Teresa Lassoux, um, and Gianna Mola were two that I had of like, these women were mothers and are saints. And then when you add like Gianna Mola's story, which we can talk about in a minute of like, she was also a doctor, like she was a physician. And so like a working mother, we have like Zaylee who like stayed home with lots of children, Gianna, who's a working mother. Um, so even in that, there's like a subcategory. Then I have Teresa of Avila and Teresa of Lisieux. And I mean, this list could go on and on and on and on of like contemplative women, um, primarily religious sisters who um, were beautiful examples of what it means to be a bride of Christ, but lived a contemplative lifestyle cloistered within the convent. Um, and then I had three, um, Catherine of Siena, Joan of Arc, and St. Francis of Rome. Um, who I kind of took as examples of like active lifestyle. Um, and some of it could be like St. Catherine of Siena, like you could say like active contemplative because she like was Dominican sister, but also because of the stories that we know about her, lived a very active lifestyle. So those are kind of my three categories. I don't know, Lydia, if you have favorites that you would want to add that we can talk about. Obviously we probably won't talk about like the life stories of all of these, but just was some, a good like starting place. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I really like um, the uh, different examples of motherhood in the Catholic Church. Um, yeah, because like ultimately, like a mom's job is to love her kids um, and to love her family. And like, you can see that all throughout like the saints' lives who are moms. Um, but also too, like that doesn't look the exact same for all of them. Um, and then like, I think about like all the holy women I know today that are very Catholic and very good moms. Um, and a couple of them work. Um, I know maybe like one or two stay at home moms that are like really, really good and really holy. Um, yeah. And I think too, that like, and like, yeah, this is also kind of going off on a tangent, but I was also talking to my friend about this, um, where like, like the business world and like Catholicism isn't like mutually exclusive um and like I think that we see this a lot in like just the way that like you know women work um and the ways that like society views women of like okay like you're either a good mom and you stay at home or like you're a businesswoman and you put like your kids second um and that's not that's not the case like you can be a Catholic businesswoman who also loves her kids and also is attentive to them and whatnot um so yeah, I don't know if that's like 100% correlated or anything. Um, but yeah, what I was also going to mention too was, or who I was also going to mention too, was um, the different Marys. So Mary, the mother of God, and then Mary Magdala. Um, and just talking about that and how like um, both of them were Marys, right? Both of them were at the feet of the cross when Jesus died. Um, but like, like, so they ended up at the same place, right? They didn't start at the same place. Um, and just like their journey to, you know, sick salvation was different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about the one of France that you really like? Francis of Rome. Mm-hmm. So it's like Francis, but like with an E instead of like Francis, you know, which right. is always confusing yeah. to me. Um, yeah, she's cool. So I actually admittedly don't know a ton about her yet but I'm learning about her a lot because you know how like Jen Fulweiler has like her like word of the year and saint of the year generator thing um so every year I do the saint of the year one um and usually because I am a control freak I'll do it like three times and then like write down the three names and then like read about them and pray about them and then pick one because I can't just let something pick for me right because I'm crazy um And so Francis of Rome was one of the uh, people that came up and I was reading about her and basically she like had this, like, I think she's a really good example for this conversation because she had this interior struggle, like in her of like, she was married and like married to, I don't know if like nobility is the right word necessarily, but like a rich man and like was a part of this, like very like high society family and so there were a lot of expectations on her to like you know like what she deemed once she had a conversion like she deemed these things as like very frivolous social engagements and she like had to wear the nice dresses and the good jewelry and like have like what she believed to be super shallow conversations with all these people and she was like I have to do this just because I'm this man's wife and like I want to love the Lord and this is a waste of time and so like had this internal struggle within her of like 
I now know the Lord. And so I feel like I should be doing so much more than this. I feel like this is a waste of time. Um, I actually feel like this could even be sinful. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, I don't know. And just like went back and forth with that all the time of like, should this be what I'm doing? Like, basically like, should I leave my marriage? Because like, is this even holy? And like her sister-in-law, um, I forget her name. I should remember her name. Cause I liked her a lot, but her sister-in-law was basically having this very similar interior struggle. And so like they, one day they like both kind of went on having this internal struggle for a really long time and like finally talked about it one day. And it was like this super freeing experience for both of them. And, um, her sister-in-law was basically like, look, like the conclusion that I've come to is that like, there's actually a lot of good that I can do in this life. And like, for whatever reason, this is where the Lord wants me. And there's actually a lot of good that I can do the way that she like kind of phrased it, basically like the way that I would phrase it now in like modern language is like, there's a lot of good that I can do if I just play the game. And if I do the things that I have to do, but then like the things that the Lord can work out of that are actually really good. And like, if I don't do them and if I leave, like no one else is going to do them. And so recognizing this reality of their state in life as women who are married to these men who um, were of this higher class doing some of these like quote unquote shallow inconsequential things was actually what God was calling them to do. And therefore like what made them saints, right? Because we can't be holy doing something that God doesn't call us to do. And so it's like, would it have been this like heroic, like crazy, like lot like groundbreaking act for them to like leave and like escape and go like join a convent like maybe if that's what the lord is calling them to do but like together they very clearly discerned like no like we're in this vocation the lord wants us here these things seem frivolous and inconsequential and ordinary to us but for whatever reason the lord desires them so we're gonna stick and we're gonna stay um and i just really like was inspired by that at the time of just the reality of doing the ordinary things of life um or what appear very ordinary to us right they don't appear to be these like acts of heroic virtue that are going to make us saints but if the lord is calling us to do them then they are heroic acts of virtue that are going to make us saints um and like we don't have to in a lot of ways like i think we look to the lives of the saints sometimes and think like oh, I have to do the big heroic thing that they did. Um, And if I don't, I can't be holy. Where like, I think she's just a really cool example of like, I have to be like her and do the ordinary things that I think are dumb because that's how I'm going to be holy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like making the most of the cards that you were dealt, you know? Like, yeah, you can't really change your hand, but you can like change how you play them, you know? Mm-hmm. um and like yeah like if and like that kind of sucks to say honestly is like oh just make the most of the cards that you have because like I'm also a big believer of like okay if you're not happy in life like change it um but yeah I think that there's virtue in just like living like the life that like the Lord called you to and making the most of it I would also say though like I would probably even push back on that a little bit because I would also say that like we aren't going to be happy. And I think you would agree with this. Like we aren't going to be happy if we're not living in the center of the Lord's will. 
And like, that's actually a very clear way to know if you're living in the center of the Lord's will or not. And so I think like what Francis and her sister eventually found was like this, like, you know, this peace um, in doing what they were doing. And they, it was cool. Like they found all these other ways to like serve the poor and do some of those radical things that were still within their state in life. Um, but it's like, they found real joy there where like, like, I don't think you can find real joy, like real lasting, fully alive joy. If you are living outside of the Lord's will for, for your life. And so like, even if it seems inconsequential in the moment, like, like doing the ordinary things will actually bring you more joy than like trying to pigeonhole your life into this thing that you think is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, also something too, that I like about this story and this saint is that, um, she was put in this position of, of wealth and nobility, I think you said. Um, and she like used that for good. So like, she like still Mm -hmm. like helped the poor. She still Mm -hmm. like was loving. She still was joyful, whatever. Um, and she like used that. She used her wealth and her fame and her whatever else for good. Um, and like maybe she was put in that like we don't know why the Lord does a lot of things that He does. Um, so maybe she was put in that position because like the like the alternative was like a wife for this man that wouldn't have used the money for good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like yeah, there's there's definitely goodness in everything. Um, yeah. Also, another thing too I want to mention is like how incredibly normal saints are um and I think a lot about um blessed Kiara because like she yeah if you guys don't know her like she she's great she's wonderful she's amazing oh my gosh just look her up oh my favorite person like quite literally ever um she like there's nothing like spectacular about her life there's nothing like that like 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 I wouldn't look at her life and think like oh my gosh like she really changed the world but like you know what she did like she like freaking she loved the lord and she lived in that love so well um and she found so much joy in her suffering and she like chose god so much and so intentionally and like yeah again she just like made the most with what she had and like that is like what we're all called to do is like not live like you know like an amazing extraordinary like oh my gosh like i have to get a stigmata or i'm not holy type of Mm -hmm. life like we're not all called to that um but like what we can do is like, like find Jesus in the little things. Um, is this thing, is it Saint? Oh my gosh. What's her name? Mother Teresa. Um, <laughs> I know I always forget mother Teresa's name and I don't know why. Um, as we can't all do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. Um, yeah. So just like always doing your small things with great love. Cause we can all do small things, you know? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And I think like, like a lot of the same for some reason and I don't know why this is um maybe it speaks to our generation but I feel like our generation is very attracted to saints like that um and I think sometimes I think like sometimes I wonder like well is it a cop-out like are we afraid to do the big crazy things so we lean on these saints who like lived normal lives and I don't like maybe that's it sometimes for me but I don't think it necessarily is I think it's comforting in a way and also exciting to know that like the lord uses very normal lives like mine yeah and then it's like i don't like i don't have to like it it's it's confirmed because like he's not going to call most people to do what some of those like 
I don't want to call them like big name saints, but like big name saints did, right? Like there's only one Pope John Paul II, right? Like, cause there's only one Pope. And so it's like, you know, not every man can go and like be this like world changing Pope. Not every woman can go and be mother Teresa. Not every woman can like go and do these things, but like, guess what? Every woman can be like Zaylee Martin. Every woman can be like Gianna Mola. Like every woman can be even honestly, like Therese of Lisieux, like living these, like, not that her life was ordinary by any means, but like, she didn't do anything actively in her life that made it extraordinary. Like the Lord did a lot in her life to make it extraordinary. The Lord did a lot in all of those women's lives to make them extraordinary. But like Zaley Martin raised daughters and that's what she did. And just like, I think of all of the women in my life, I know who raised daughters. And it's like, that's what made her a saint. She loved her husband and she raised her daughters. And like, that is so beautiful. Um, and like, yeah, I just look at that and I'm like, I think that's why we're attracted to those saints. Blessed Kiara, like was a high schooler, played tennis, listened to music and prayed. And it's like, oh, I, I do those, things, you know? And like, we hear that story and we say like, I do those things and the Lord used her life. So the Lord can use my life. Um, and then like on the right, the flip side of that, of like just the difference between all of these saints, even the order, like quote unquote ordinary ones, right? Like the difference between um, a like Joan of Arc, that's a bad example. Her life was like crazy extraordinary, right? Um, or like her circumstances were crazy extraordinary, but like Gianna Mola and Teresa of Avila um, or Gianna Mola and Teresa of Lisieux, like rather ordinary circumstances, but the Lord used both of their rather ordinary lives. Yeah. And honestly, like I would argue that like the life that we as Catholics are called to is not actually an ordinary life. Like I want like, I don't think that there's anything, like, like, boring or, like, ordinary about, like, loving the person in your math class that you absolutely cannot stand. Um, or, like, I don't, just, like, simple things like that. Or, like, praying every day. Like, that's, like, that's not something that, like, the world does, you know? Um, so, like, in that regard, like, praying every day and, like, having a good, like, communicative, like, talking relationship with the Lord is extraordinary, you know? Um, yeah. but it's just not, it's just not what we like often think of when we think of like holiness. Um, mm-hmm. but like that, is, yeah, it is holy. It's that holy is a really good point. The little life. Yeah. I mean, the gospel literally demands radicalness from us. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then I think, I think it's just like in our heads when we compare that to the lives of the saints, it's right. like, yeah, I'm not Joan of Arc sneaking my way into the French army and getting burned at the stake, yeah. you know? And like, and so it's like, we hear those, right. Yes. Go. Yeah. Radical doesn't have to mean like, ah, uh, let's fight all the bad guys and like win. <laughs> and then we are holy, you know, like that's not right. what radicalness looks like all the time. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And it but is radical, no, but it's radical. Like you can live the ordinary radically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Mm, I'm gonna write that one post it now. Oh, love that. Live the ordinary radically. Because mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, that's what saints do. And just some of them have a little bit more crazy external circumstances, right? Because it's like, yeah. if we're living the ordinary radically, 
that just means that we're living our everyday life for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And like, depending on what ends up in our path, that might look crazier some days, you know? Um, I think of, yeah, I mean, just of these saints, it's like, um, Teresa of Avila didn't join the Carmelites planning to completely radically overturn them and like reform them to what they were supposed to be. You know, she didn't like mother Teresa didn't become a sister planning to start her own order. Like none of those were the plan. They were living radically the ordinary life of someone who the Lord has called to a religious vocation. And then all of a sudden Jesus is like, Nope, we're switching paths. Here we go. Are you ready? Um, and because they were saying yes to living the ordinary radically, it was easy for them, easier for them to say yes in the extraordinary radical things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't even think of like Mary, like she, like there was like quite literally nothing like super amazing about her, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean like there was right. But like, she was like a 14 year old girl from like a little, little town. Like, and then like all of a sudden she was like, ah, yes, of course I'll be the mother of the Lord. Like, why not? Cause like you want that. So I want that. Um, that's what she said verbatim, by the way. Um, (laughs) Ah, yes, of course. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah, like the Lord, yeah. Like calls her to live an extraordinary life and like calls her to an extraordinary thing because she loved him so radically. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say more to circle back on that about the, like Mary, mother of God, Mary Magdalene, and maybe specifically about like, um, I guess timeline of conversion and also just like your past, like not your past personally, but like everyone, like your past doesn't dictate future holiness. Does that make sense? Did I set you up for that? Well, no, you did. You did. Yeah. Great. Um, well, a personal little anecdote. So I remember when I was serving my first year of net, um, I cried in the bathroom approximately like four times. Um, and every single time I cried in the bathroom, it was because like, I had like let myself believe the lie that I was unworthy to be there because of my past. Um, and I remember just like, yeah, like telling myself like, oh my gosh, like I am such a sinner. I am so unworthy. I like these girls, like that are going to be my small group one day. Like they deserve someone that like actually can quote the Bible, like verbatim in every single verse. Um, and they deserve like the best of the best. And like, I'm not the best of the best. And like at the time that I was like 18, 19, um, when I was a first, when I was first a missionary, um, I had only really been practicing my faith for maybe like two or three years. Like, yeah. Um, and very radically practicing my faith for maybe a year. So like, I was very unqualified to be there. Um, and like, y'all know, like the phrase, like, oh, Jesus doesn't call the equipped, he equips the calls or whatever. Like that, like really like stuck with me. I was like, oh my gosh, my life has changed. Um, yeah, but like in a way, but it's also too, like what I, would then like shift that lie to is like the truth of like no it's like actually my past that like is like what qualifies me to be with these girls right I mean like yes like Jesus and like yes like Jesus is the redemptive power and the fact that I'm not there anymore um but it's like like I'm gonna encounter a girl in my small group that like is the exact version of like 15 year old Lydia or like the exact version of like six 17 year old Lydia 16 year old Lydia who needed Jesus and like I can speak to her in a way that like my teammate can't 
or in a way that another net woman can't like I like because of everything that I've gone through in my life like I am able to talk to her and I'm able to get to her and I'm able to like show her love in a way that she wouldn't have been able to if another netter had taken my place um and like it sounds very conceited to say right that like oh I was the only one that was able to minister to that woman but the reality is is I was because if I wasn't then God wouldn't have called me to it um so yeah so then I like really really resonated with Mary Magdalene in this of like oh my gosh like this woman like she <laughs> she's everything I actually looked her up a couple of years ago and I was like oh my gosh like what is she the patron saint of and she's like a patron saint of like a billion things um but like half of those like a billion things are like um uh, like prostitutes lust um sexual sin um like a bunch of like right like Mary Magdalene type things um and I was like oh my gosh this woman who is like associated mm-hmm. with prostitutes she was like the last person like one of the last persons to see Jesus alive um and that's just like fascinating and she was like the woman that like went to the tomb to go visit him you know and like she loved him so so much and like she yeah just like very much followed him and like whatever and she wasn't defined by her past and like none of us are um but like she radically believed that she wasn't defined by her past and she like let go of all the shame and everything that had like followed her throughout her entire life um yeah and that's vastly different than Mary the mother of God who was born perfectly and beautifully and without sin um and yeah, and she was also chosen. She also followed God. So like these women who share the same name, who share the same savior, were able to follow Jesus to the end um, and like be like, you know, up in heaven with him. Um, yeah. So I, like, I don't want to like, yeah, basically what we've been saying is like, we don't want to discredit anyone's life or anyone's like pursuit of holiness because like one, we have no right to, but two, also like we're all, um, like living different lives, you know, like none of our lives mm-hmm. look the exact same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a quote. Um, sorry, Lydia, for everyone who isn't watching, cause we don't mm-hmm. record this uh, video, but I'm turning my phone around because this quote is on the back of my phone. Um, but it's uh, from Pope Benedict the 16th who I uh, just adore. Um, but he is talking, it was from the Magnifica on the Feast of Christ the King and just like really stuck with me. So I stuck it to the back of my phone so that it can Mm. physically stick with me. Um, But the end of this quote says, um, it says, God does not have a fixed plan that he must carry out. On the contrary, he has many different ways of finding man and even of turning his wrong ways into right ways. The feast of Christ the King is therefore not a feast of those who are subjugated or like that are perfect subjects of the King, but a feast of those who know that they are in the hands of the one who writes straight on crooked lines. And I just feel like that kind of speaks to what you're saying of like, if we know, um, if we know that he loves us, A, if we know that he's pursuing us, B, if we know that he loves and pursues everyone else, the fact that he can make us holy, however he wants to make us holy, um, has to be true. Like we have to look at that and say like, okay, great. Like I, maybe I had a conversion when I was 40 years old, but like the Lord is coming, like the Lord is not leaving me. And like, that does not discredit 
like my sanctity, you know? Um, yeah. And I just think that's important. Like, I think we compare timelines of conversion a lot and it's like, oh, I wasted so much time. And it's like, maybe, but also like the Lord was going to find you when he wanted to find you. Um, not find you. That's a bad phrase, but you know what I mean? Cause like, he's never not you searching for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I also want to say this cute little comment is that, um, if there was one path to holiness, then all of our lives would look the same. Like if the only way to get to heaven was to be like a cloistered nun, then there would only be cloistered nuns. Um, or like, yeah, yeah. Or like mm-hmm. if all priests had to be priests by the time they're 25, then that would happen. Um, but because that's not the case, and that means that there has to be something else, some other option um, to get to heaven. And that's, that's what's true. So yeah, because yeah. God desires us all. And we know that it's true that God right. desires every single person. Um, we also know that it's true that God desires a lot of different things for a lot of different people while we're on earth yeah. or else the kingdom of God couldn't come about. Like, I mean, I guess Jesus, like, like the reality is like God could bring about the kingdom of God, however he wants, like he's mm-hmm. God, he can do it however he wants, but he's chosen to do it in this way where he sent his son to proclaim it. And then he's asking us to continue to build it on earth. And like, he's chosen to do it that way. Again, could he have done it some other way? Yeah. Some days I'm like, Jesus, you could have done this any other way. And this is really hard. Could you just not make me do this? But the reality is like, it's beautiful that we get to cooperate in building that kingdom and it wouldn't work if we were all the same Mm -hmm. period. Yeah. Um, also just a reminder that no one is worthy of heaven. Um, not even the people that grew up in as a cradle Catholic and can recite the entire Bible and have been a priest since they're 12 years old. Um, like not even that person is worthy of heaven. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Jesus decides that we're worthy. And I think that's, there's like a, oh man, I wish I could remember it right now. I heard a talk once that talked about like, there's two different Greek words for worthy for like our worthiness. Um, and I don't remember what they are because I don't speak Greek, but they're both used in the new Testament, um, in the gospels. And it's like, there's a difference between like worthy on my own account. And that's one of the Greek words is like worthy on my own account. Like I have earned this. Right. So that'd be like, if I worked a job and I got paid for that job, like I am worthy of that payment on my own account because I did the job. And then there's worthy, there's like a greater worthy of like the Lord has deemed you worthy. You are not worthy on your own. You cannot earn this, but the Lord has deemed you worthy and therefore you are. And it's like, that's the kind of worthy that we are because we are chosen by God. He has decided that we are worthy, but that's a completely different word than like how we would define worthiness as you were just talking about it. And it's like, none of us are worthy by our own accord. None of us are that first word of worthy because I wish I could remember the words, but like, you know what I mean? Like we just aren't, but the Lord has chosen us. And that's not, again, like he's chosen lots of different people, very different people, thousands upon thousands of different people who are all unique. Yep. Yeah. And that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. So good. So good. This is a good topic. It was a good topic. We love the saints. Amen. Amen. Great, guys. Well, um, 
we love you. We're praying for you. As we always. love you. We're praying for you. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Uh, actually, we have to review. I don't know what number episode this is, Lydia. Um, but uh, I think we'll be back next week for sure. Maybe one more week after that. Then we are probably yeah. going to take a break. Um, but we will keep you guys posted slash follow us on Instagram for updates on that at let's not talk about dating. Um, and it'll be great. Yeah. Stay tuned. Sweet. Bye. Bye.